This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Yes, I'm back. A little bit of a makeshift studio that I'm working in, but I'm happy to be back with Greg. And of course, we've got to tell you about our sponsors before we get into the Patriots and their mandatory minicamp, DeAndre Hopkins visiting Foxborough. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. You can sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston. And new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Also, Athletic Greens, your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And indeed, there are two sides to every story. But if you want to hire great talent for your business faster, there's just one way to do it. And that, of course, is the fact that you need Indeed. All right, Greg, let's jump into these headlines. Let's first start off with uh, the Patriots finishing their first offseason practices. What'd you think? What'd you see? Uh, first of all, welcome back, Nick. Everyone uh, missed you, so it's it's good to have you back. Um, as far as the Patriots, you know, sort of big picture overview, um, I thought it was a – I thought what we saw on the field, and I'm not going to get into the OTA penalties and the paintball, um, you know, all that much, but what we saw on the field, you know, the Patriots looked good. I mean, I thought that, the, of course, the operation on offense was much better. You can tell that the players are – are buying into it. I think offensively, you can tell that Bill O'Brien has brought a college sort of flavor to the Patriots offense, which I think in my personal opinion, and we've talked about this before, it's been sort of long overdue. And I, I think, I think it's good. I, I will say on that note, I was a little bit underwhelmed as far as the traditional sort of downfield passing game that we didn't really see much of it. A lot of it was you know, very quick stuff and, and uh, you know, quick screens and bubbles and, you know, read option, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, that's fine and all, but I, I do think at the end of the day, a lot of these games come down to third and long and shotgun and you're just trying to win one-on-one. We didn't see much of that. Did that have to do with that they didn't have a ton of wide receivers on the field? Maybe. Uh, and, and from what Belichick has said, there were some heavy days that, of course, we weren't privy to as media members, and maybe right. we just got sort of the uh, the periphery stuff with the offense, which could be very much the case. Uh, defensively, I thought you know the team looked good, as you would expect. Everybody's back, other than Devin McCourty. Uh, we have some you know young talent, I think, on the rise. Uh, probably the biggest takeaway is the amount of safeties and slash defensive backs and the amount of stuff that they're doing there, you know, again, really good. It's a, it's a good technique and things like that. Again, a lot of these games come down to third and seven, third and 10. Does your disguise and having eight safeties, does it matter then or not? You know, I have my doubts. Uh, I've had my doubts in recent years and we'll see going forward. But I thought overall, and, and I think the the vibe was much better. I think the vibe around the team is much better. And I do think that's important. So, you know, overall, I thought a successful sort of off-season program for the Patriots in many respects. It wasn't perfect, and we'll get into those things. But, uh, you know, they're in a a good, typical place. 
you know, this might be ridiculous to say because it's a Bill Belichick coach team, but after last year, the first thing that jumped out at me just reading and watching and listening to everything that I have the last couple of weeks is that this is a professional operation. This is actually an operation running the way an operation should run during an NFL mandatory minicamp and OTA season. So that was a good thing. The young talent, we'll talk about it, but Jack Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Marte Mapu, some of the stuff that I've read, watched, and listened about those guys – Getting me a little hot under the collar, quite frankly, Greg. I don't want to get too excited just yet, but they got me going a little bit. And the versatility and and more athleticism with this defense is a good thing as well. So those are some of the things. Mac Jones, I'm happy that Mac Jones right now is QB1. You and I have talked about this going back to last season. He is QB1. He has been QB1. He will be QB1. So hopefully, and I don't have much hope because, you know, the Boston media scene, it is what it is. But hopefully the Bailey Zappi talk will will calm down a little bit, at least. And, and we can all realize and acknowledge that Mac Jones is the dude. OK, the biggest issue that I have read about, that I have listened and watched easily, Greg, to me with a bullet. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it, it stands out like a store, a sore thumb. It's the offensive tackle position and, and some of the problems that the Patriots might have on that O-line. Yeah, I, look, there is no question that offensive tackle as of this moment is the biggest worry on this team. And look, I'm not I'm not one to go overboard with this stuff because I do think if you have one good tackle, you can a good offensive coordinator can figure out the rest and, and, and it's not an issue. And there aren't many teams out there with two good tackles. There just aren't um, if you've watched any NFL football in recent years. Um but what the Patriots have going on at, at offensive tackle has been, um, to this point, it's been a disaster. I mean, Trent Brown hasn't been around. He finally shows up. He doesn't make it to the mandatory minicamp because apparently he was caught in a hailstorm. Well, if you check the Dallas reports, <laughs> the hailstorm didn't start till late in the day on Sunday. So, you know, that's no excuse. Then he shows up. He's on the field looking hefty and yeah. not in shape yeah last does like one rep uh barely stretches and then is gone and this is a guy who probably isn't uh overly enamored with what the patriots are playing paying him uh probably weren't he he wasn't enamored with it last year this is a guy who's never been a rock solid uh off the field work ethic guy in general the only year he's been really good about that is when he was with dante scarnecki and he and he had the ability to make a bunch of money after the season. Patriots, as we know, sign him to a contract to play right tackle. Then he ended up playing left tackle. They don't do anything with his contract. Now he's back this year. He's even more of the left tackle, and they haven't done anything with his contract. So I think there are a lot of issues there. Calvin Anderson, a swing backup tackle type from the Broncos that they signed in free agency, has been the left tackle. He's had issues even in minicamp and OTAs. Uh, there's been a pressure was a big problem the other day with the defense. A lot of it was Anderson. Riley, uh, Riley Reef is not who was supposedly one of your better free agent signings. Uh, isn't even the starting right tackle. He's the backup left tackle. And Connor McDermott, who nobody really wants and was just available on the street last year. He's been your starting right tackle. And, you know, we do have City So, a rookie who's been working at second and third right tackle. He's tough to tell without pads, but that hasn't been gangbuster. So to this point, you look at the Patriots and 
as of today, I think you could say they don't have one starting NFL tackle. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, things can change. Uh, training camp's not for six weeks. You know, maybe Trent Brown decides now is when he's going to get in shape and be ready. And we all know when he's when he's on it, he's 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 excellent. He's very good. But as of today, I don't the I don't think the Patriots have one good starting tackle, and that is a problem. You have to have a significant amount of hope looking at this offensive tackle situation right now to believe that it's going to turn the corner and be at least a good unit for you this season. You look at Trent Brown. You know, Greg, you and I have talked about this guy a ton the last few years on this podcast. It's always a dangerous proposition to tie your season to him. It just is. And you would hope that he's incredibly motivated because this is a contract year. Like, this is your shot, Trent. If you want to make more money and stay in the league, you got to bust your ass. And him showing up out of weight, uh, overweight, doesn't make me feel great about it. But as you said, he's got six weeks. Maybe he'll stay away from the buffet. He'll hit the treadmill and he'll lose some poundage and you'll see a different guy in late July. Again, that's hope. Riley Reef had a good end to his season last year in Chicago. He's a veteran dude. You know, maybe when he gets the pads on, maybe when he gets to late July and we're talking about training camp, maybe he steps it up. Again, we're talking about hope. Calvin Anderson getting beat like a turnstile a few times during this camp doesn't make you feel great. You got to hope that he can be better than what you've seen. City So was not a tackle in college for the last three or four years. He's got the body to be that guy. Does he have the athleticism and the know-how? Again, you're left hoping that he takes that step forward at that position. And Connor McDermott is the dude who he's always been. You would like to have him in a swing tackle position uh, and, and hope that he can play up to at least his level of, of potential or ceiling, whatever you want to call it. But we're left with that word hope. So I don't love in any sport getting ready for a season at any position resting on hope. And that's what it feels like at offensive tackle for the Patriots. We'll see if these guys can step up. It is mid-June. They've got time. And I certainly hope they do. Uh, let's look at wide receivers, Greg. Very thin out there, man. Juju Smith-Schuster's not out there. Tyquan Thornton's not out there. Uh, you had a couple of other guys miss an OTA here and there. Uh, just your thoughts looking at this group. Before we get to the DeAndre Hopkins thing, which, of course, we're going to get to and hit hard here, but your thoughts on the group that is actually signed, sealed, and delivered and supposed to be on the field for the Patriots right now. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm, you know, I'm worried about the the physical uh, part of all this with these guys. And, you know, look, if you're a Patriots fan and you're an optimist, you're saying, oh, well, this is just the Patriots being overly cautious in OTAs and, and training camp and, and what have you. And, you know, that's fine. That might be the case. I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not one of these guys that, that is like, Oh God, Juju's new. He has to be on the field. He needs these reps. Like I think a lot of that stuff is overrated and it's it's mostly sports talk radio chatter uh juju's been in the league he's been in different systems whatever you know he's a slot receiver they can figure it out uh on the fly but you know i'm a natural born cynic always have been and so i look at both sides of the coin and like you know i first of all Devonte parker was having a really blah 
OTA until the last couple days. And to me, it was the timing of the DeAndre Hopkins yeah, uh, visit being announced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sort of put a rocket up his rear end, and all of a sudden he was awesome the last day of minicamp. Funny how that works. And they didn't want to – he didn't like to entertain the DeAndre Hopkins questions after practice that day. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm worried about his knee. This is a guy who barely made it through last season. Um, barely made it to the Super Bowl, didn't play much in the AFC Championship game, didn't practice a whole lot. He dealt with a knee injury all last year. It's the middle of June, and, you know, he's still dealing with it. Maybe it's just you're hoping it's the just the Patriots being like, look, we're not going to chance it right now. Just sit down. It's fine. Even yeah. though you do worry because in one of the first OTA workouts, he was out there. The Patriots posted a picture of Juju Smith-Schuster running routes, and then suddenly – Nothing since then. You worry about that. And Tyquan Thornton, never been the healthiest guy, so you worry about that. But you're hoping the Patriots are being overly cautious, but you just worry about the depth, which that leads us into, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Tyquan Thornton, I'm not panicked, but I am starting to get a little bit concerned. He's been in the NFL for two years now. This is his second camp. And this is the second time that we're looking at a possible injury situation. Sounds like it's soft tissue. We'll see if he can be out there for training camp in late July. But we've talked about it. Not the biggest frame in the world. And really one of the biggest questions about Tyquan was whether or not he was going to be able to stay healthy. If he could hold up to the rigors of the NFL. And so far, he hasn't. He hasn't been able to. So let's hope that changes here at some point and he can stay on the field. I liked the Juju Smith-Schuster signing. I think he's a better player than Jacoby Myers, not by a huge amount, but I do think he's better. But we've always had the same caveat and disclaimer with Juju. And I've said it, you've said it, everybody else on God's green earth has said this. He hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. And if Mm -hmm. he's not on the field, then he's not going to help you. And you'd rather have a slightly less talented Jacoby Myers who plays through pretty much everything and is one of the most dependable guys out there than having someone that's a coin flip week to week. So I hope they're being overcautious with him, but his history is his history. Kayshawn Booty apparently did not make the most of his opportunity. He got his ass reamed out by Bill O'Brien at one point. Uh, He just... Who knows? And we know, again, he felt he was a six-round pick for a reason, and there was all that talk about, you know, at LSU, some of the issues he had. He wasn't always with the program. Some of that could be Brian Kelly because he's tough to deal with, but some of it could also be, if not most of it, be about Kayshawn Booty. And so far, you know, it's been wide open for this guy to grab headlines and let everybody know, hey, you screwed up by not picking me before that sixth round, seventh round. And instead, he hasn't really done much. The one thing I will say, and I want to include this before we get to Hopkins' visit, the tight ends. Seems to be a positive with this offense, Mm -hmm. fortunately. Mike Kosicki seems like he's off to a very fast start. Hunter Henry should be motivated after Matt Patricia ruined his season a year ago. So if there's one silver lining to this pass-catching offense so far, Greg, am I right or am I wrong? It's the tight ends. Yeah, if you were basing it just off what we've been able to see as the media, you would um, the Patriots tight ends and running backs would be rifling up fantasy football draft boards <laughs> from what we've seen. You know, he, say this about Mac Jones. He's no idiot. He looks at some of the guys he's out there and in one of the practices he's out there with Trey Nixon and Kayshawn Booty before 
you know, he went MIA. I don't know where he was, but, uh, you know, he's out there and he's just throwing the ball to the tight ends and the running backs all the time. He's no idiot. Like, so, yeah, I mean, yes, if you wanted to twist this a little bit in a, in a positive fashion, you say, hey, good news for the tight ends. Good news for the tight ends. All right, DeAndre Hopkins, let's get to it. Uh, as we speak, we're recording this at 1240-ish on Thursday. Hopkins is in the building. He's talking to coaches. I don't know if he's talking to fellow players and all of that stuff. But the Patriots, first, the headline is they got him in the building. They got him in for a visit, which obviously means there's interest, means there's interest on both sides. Also, Ian Rappaport reported this. I don't think it's rocket science or anything. I don't think it's, you know, un unearthing something crazy. But they're, they have talk terms, and you'd have to imagine that before Hopkins hops on a plane and flies to Boston and visits Foxborough, that he has an idea that the Patriots are at least somewhat willing to put some money on the table for him. But what do you know about this visit? What have you heard about Hopkins from his side? What have you heard from the Patriots side? Are you optimistic this thing could get done? First of all, let me say that I disagree with Rapshi, and we will get into that Ooh, in a second. Let's talk about FanDuel, FanDuel, FanDuel.com. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if, you, if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. I love the app. It's so simple. Nick's been talking about it forever. He's been using FanDuel forever. He loves it. I love it. It's so easy and convenient. You got to get on there and check it out. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay, so on Hopkins and uh, this notion of money, uh, I think Ian is right, you know, on most free agency visits. I don't think this, I don't think Hopkins free agency is typical in any way from the player to the lack of market to the time of year, like all this stuff. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think the Patriots have discussed terms. I think that I, Hopkins just hired a new agent. He, he's represented by Clutch Sports. Um, the number one thing you do as an agent when you pick up a, a client is to find to to make a market for them if they don't have one you assess what the market is if there's not one you you create create one and i think they're trying to create one for teams like the bills and the chiefs and dallas like contending teams um by sending him on these visits and you know while there i think there's there's mutual interest and possibly making something work like i i don't think that they've talked a whole lot of contract i think that i don't think hopkins has anything 
right now. I don't think anybody's making him any offers. He's making these visits maybe to make somebody jumpy like the Bills, like, I don't know, maybe the Colts in the in the Titans division, like, you know, the Jaguars. Like, they're that's what they're trying to do here. Now, as far as the Patriots' interest, um, yes, I think they have interest. I think they should have interest. I think that they are way too thin at receiver. Um, I don't care about his practicing. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Look, the guy is a baller. He produces. He's 31. Yeah, he's not the same. Yeah, he's not a burner. Whatever. The guy, the guy catches passes, and he's consistent, and he's usually on the field, at least for games. Like, he's productive. The Patriots don't have anybody like him. He would make them better. I don't care about the money. You can't talk to me about money when you sell, sign Nelson Aguilar for $11 million. <laughs> you know, Devontae Parker is making $6 million this year. If you sign D-Hop, he takes his place. You're free of Devontae Parker and you pick up $6 million. So money is not an issue, should never be an issue. And I don't care about your locker room. I don't care about, like, these these guys are making this much money. You've painted yourself into this corner by not developing receivers, by not developing tackles. You're in this position. you got to do what you can to bring in somebody who's a legit receiver, who defense coordinators respect. They're not going to fear him. They're going to respect him. And he's going to help create at least a little more space for everybody. And so, whatever. Just make it happen because there are no other options out there. If you're dreaming of Kayshawn Booty or Demario Douglas, like being all of a sudden these guys who come in as rookies and save the day, you're freaking delusional. Like, I love Kendrick Bourne. He's bigger and thicker. He's going to be good. Juju, maybe he's on the field. Devontae Parker, maybe he's on the field. Uh, uh, Tyquan Thornton, maybe he's on the field. Like, too, way too many maybes. And so go out and get somebody who's at least – has a track record, and is more of a sure thing. He's a baller. He'll be fine here. Just go do it. This team has needed a true number one receiver for a long time, and DeAndre Hopkins, even if he's not the same guy that he was a few years ago, is still damn good, is still a true number one receiver, and absolutely impacts your depth, and the domino effect on the rest of the crew is fantastic because now you don't have to necessarily mm -hmm. depend on anybody else to try to be your number one guy because guess what? You have a number one guy. And the money, I'm with you, Greg. Don't want to hear about it. The Patriots have about $14, $15 million under the cap. They can make other moves, as Greg just talked about. Maybe it's Parker. Maybe it's Bourne. It's probably Parker. You can move on from somebody, which creates even more cap space. The Patriots are not strapped from a money standpoint. And Robert Kraft has said, he's on the record. I'll go out and get whoever I got to go out and get if Bill thinks it makes the team better. Well, this is the opportunity to put the money where the mouth is. This is the part where you step up and you pay this guy. I don't think, you know, he's going to get 18 million guaranteed, 20 million guaranteed, but you got to pay the price. You got to pay the price to make this football team better. With all the injuries we talked about, we have numbers of wide receivers, right? You've got four or five guys who are NFL receivers, but are they going to actually be on the damn field? That's the biggest question. If Tyquan Thornton can't get out there, if Juju can't get out there, now what do you have? You've got Devontae, Kendrick Bourne, and rookies to try to figure it out. Not ideal. I don't want Ty Montgomery getting 20 targets in a weekend. It's not It's not what I'm looking for. And, and I like him, but... Let's pump the brakes and, and not make the running back the number one receiver. So they need this guy. Mac needs this guy. 
And I don't know if it's a situation, Greg, because I know a lot of people have said, you know, oh, you got him in the building. You got to get him signed, right? Like you can't let him leave. Dan Orlovsky said that. Uh, Alex Barth, I've heard say that. Well, look, you can't put a gun to the dude's head. If he mm-hmm. if he if he wants more money, if he thinks he's worth more money, even if the Patriots offered 12, 13 million guaranteed, whatever, whatever they offer, if if he wants to take his time, he's gonna take his time. You can't make the guy sign a deal, but you have to do something that entices him to sign the deal. You can't be, you, you can't treat this like, oh well, you know, maybe we can go there for you, DeAndre. Uh, go go talk to some other teams and, you know, if you're still interested, come on. No, you've got to make this guy feel like he's wanted. You've got to roll out the red carpet to a certain extent, and you've got to tell him that you're willing to give him the money that he's looking for. That's what you can do. You can't force him to sign it right now, but you can at least give you the pitch and, and give him the reason why he wants to stay here. That's what you need to do. All right, let's talk about the camp. Three up, three down. Let's start with your three up. Uh, number one is Marte Mapu, um, the rookie. I think Mapu, third, Mapu, Mapu. <laughs> the rookie third round pick. Um, even even though he was in a red jersey, he was out there a lot, um, sort of going between starter reps and backup reps. Sometimes being paired by Kyle Duggar. I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, I I don't I, I don't recall many rookies doing as much as he's done to this point as far as different positions starting time i mean even like let's take for instance kyle duggar kyle duggar was not getting these reps that marte mapu was as a rookie and he was their second round pick their top pick that year um you know and an older guy too yes coming from a small school but mapu's coming from a small school um I love everything about this kid. I mean, if I if I could buy stock in this kid, I would buy it up and down. I love the physical profile. I love the multi-positional thing. I love how smart he looks on the field, getting people lined up, the checks and calls, the stuff that he's doing already. I love listening to him talk. He reminds me of Dante Hightower. You could tell that there's a, a very smart edge there. You know, maybe not the the brash, you know, the, the loudest guy, but you could just tell that there's this smart intensity. And so I love where this kid is going. I think he's going to have um, a major role very early in the season, or at least at some point in his rookie year. So uh, definitely number one is, is Mapu. Number two, Jack Jones. Uh, this is a little cheating because it's mostly off the last day. Jack Jones got the number one reps at cornerback over Christian Gonzalez the rookie and Jack Jones made the most of it, had a great leaping interception of Mac Jones, got his hand on some other passes. Uh, I thought that was really smart of Belichick to sort of give Jones a little attaboy after what happened at the end of last year with the suspension. Now back in the fold, he's doing the right, right. things. Apparently, you know, good, good job giving him an attaboy into the off season. And I thought Devonte Parker, again, I thought he was dog crap until the last day of OTAs or the mini camp, <laughs> but suddenly he was a freaking beast down the field, catching a touchdown, leaping, you know, doing everything. Funny how it works when DeAndre Hopkins is is set to come to town. But uh, so those are my ups. I'm very excited about this defense. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth in a few minutes, but just there have been some things you and I have talked about over the last couple of years that I think Belichick has now established. This defense needed to get younger. Mostly check. This defense needed to get more athletic. Check. 
This de- this defense needed to get more versatile. Check. This defense needed to get more explosive. Check. You have young, dynamic athletes on the field, especially at the second and third levels, and, and that is going to make a difference. It, it really is. And this defense had a really good year last year. We've talked about it, though, when you look inside the numbers, when they played better quarterbacks and better offenses, they weren't as good. But you start to see the pieces and you start to see the athleticism and the youth and the IQ, as you mentioned with Matt Poo, that should get some people excited, if not most of you excited about the potential and the ceiling of this defense and how they've really turned the corner the last couple of years by kind of resetting and getting a number of guys in there uh, that are, you know, in their early to mid 20s. You talked about Devontae Parker, so we'll move on to the three down. Uh, number one is Trent Brown. We talked about him before. I mean, hasn't been there. Didn't look in great shape. Tapped out. Thanks for being out there for one day. <laughs> Thanks um, for playing, Trent. Kind of, exactly. sort of. <laughs> uh, number two was uh, Smith-Schuster and Taekwon, which we've talked about. It's just, it's never a good sign. Especially, you know, I don't worry as much, as much with Juju. But Taekwon, like you talked about, he's a young kid who missed time last year. Time on the practice field is absolutely invaluable for these young receivers. Um, It's very hard for anybody, especially with the Patriots, to make an impact on offense as a wide receiver um, if you're missing too much time. It just, it doesn't happen because you start missing too much. And, you know, hopefully this is just a a blip for Taekwon, but you, you know, you worry. And number three, my other, my third down was, I had something else, but I saved it for later. But I'm going with Bill Belichick. You know, just for a lot of different reasons, but, you know, where he's left this team at tackle and wide receiver, he would never, ever do this to his defense, ever. Um, but he does it to the offense routinely. They get penalized two OTA days for something stupid. Don't really make it up. Give them the paintball day. I don't like that. I mean – you know, one or the other. Um, and, you know, really, I, I didn't like the the feeling on the field between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. And Bill's the, the – he's the head coach. He's the bigger guy. You know, there's obviously still an issue there, and these guys are just getting along to get uh, – they get along to get along. And I don't really see how that's great. I don't think it's any huge deal. But it's just it makes it's awkward. I mean, when Mac Jones is off, I mean, there was one one drill. I think Bailey Zappi was out there, and Bill's not doing much at practice. He's just sort of watching. This is after he's talked to James Franklin. He's not even paying attention. He is on the field, sort of blowing the whistle here and there. And Mac Jones is watching, and Mac Jones is twenty yards behind Bill, like standing by himself. Like if they had any sort of relationship, both or you know one of them would have walked up and they would have been chit-chatting about this and that and like that would be more healthy for this team and and I just don't think that relationship is anywhere near where it could be and I, it's just it's just annoying and it's just I blame Bill. He's the adult. Be the bigger man for once and make it better. All right, before we get to a couple of burning questions, I got for you some uh rapid fire questions for you. Let's talk about our friends at Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all. 
We streamline hiring with powerful tools that, that find you matched candidates with Instant Match. Over 80% of employees get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. I love how Indeed does the work hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your, your job post at Indeed.com slash Bedard. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Bedard. Indeed.com slash Bedard. Yep. Support the show by saying how you heard about it on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. First quick rapid fire question for you before we get to some of this Christian Gonzalez stuff that people are mad at you about. Uh, so if you got Jack Jones and Gonzalez on the outside, if that's how this season starts, we don't know if it's going to, but if that's how the season starts, Jonathan Jones slot, Jonathan Jones, safety, Marcus Jones, where's Marcus Jones fit in here? As after what we've seen in the off season, I do think Marcus Jones was dealing with some sort of injury because he wasn't on the field all that much. Um, it didn't do very much. So as of today, what I would say is it's Jonathan Jones at slot, and I don't think Marcus Jones has much of a uh, much of a role on defense at all, which led me to write maybe he should go over to offense and help yeah. over there. But that's where I am right now. I mean, that could change. He could be out there the first day of camp. But as a, based off what we've seen, Jonathan Jones eventually is your slot. Jack Jones is your number two or sort of your nickel cornerback because it would probably be – uh, Gonzalez and Jonathan Jones as far as two cornerbacks. and But you play mostly with three cornerbacks, so all of a sudden Jack Jones comes on, Jonathan Jones kicks into the slot. All right, so he took a step back last year. The most noteworthy thing that I saw him do during OTA and minicamp season was throw a sucker punch at a teammate. How big of a training camp is this for Christian Barmore? Uh I would say pretty big. I mean, just the whole season in in general. I mean, he's got to he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get off to a fast start. Um, not a good sign. It, that was not a good look. Him taking a sucker punch at David Andrews out of nowhere. Um, not cool. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, they. You know, I went through this, and you see some of the rankings that they have with the Patriots as far as their roster and where it is, and how 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 much how low it's viewed. And also, like, who might be an X-Factor sort of leader, swag type of guy for the defense. Christian Barmore is one of the few guys on this roster that has the talent to be a dominating factor in all facets of the game for this team on defense. And, you know, they they really need to get him there. Will he ever get there? I don't know. All right. So Twitter wants to know. Hey, Badad. Why do you hate Christian Gonzalez, Badad? Well, uh, it's a good question. And of course, as, as usual with Twitter and social media and everything, um, not an accurate question. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I do not hate Christian Gonzalez. The kid looks like a freaking stud on the field in shorts and a shirt. He does. He looks the part. He's long. He's fast. He's fluid. He's got explosive. Look, if I was, if I was starting a flag football league, he'd be like a number, one of my number one picks. Okay, so that's where he is on the field. We don't know what he's going to look like in pads come the summer. Even guys like Matthew Judon were saying that about some of the younger guys. Like, you know, 
everybody looks good in shorts and t-shirts. Okay. So there's that. Then there's the other element where, you know, we heard him talk to the media for the first time and my impression, and it doesn't mean anything. My impression was now I understand why some teams, and this is a fact that some NFL teams questioned Christian Gonzalez's makeup, his compete, whether he had the edge to be a number one cornerback in this league due to his personality. Okay. Sometimes this, this stuff sometimes doesn't add up. Sometimes it's, it's a bunch of old scout malarkey um, that that happens. Sometimes it's accurate. For example, I will tell you, and you can go back. I can see the cover on my wall right now. The, the cover story that I did on Marcus Mariota coming out of Oregon, that one of the biggest minuses about Mariota and why he went behind Mark, uh, Jameis Winston in the draft was because teams didn't think that he had that alpha in him, that they didn't want a quarterback who wasn't an alpha, who was, who was more soft-spoken, what have you. And they were afraid of that with Marcus Mariota. I disagreed with that at the time. I thought, this kid is too good. He's too talented. Like, no, I disagree with those guys. I think that's a bunch of malarkey. Well, they were probably right. Even though there were extenuating circumstances, Marcus Mariota, like all players, might have been a better player and a better system. Like, for example, if he was with Kyle Shanahan from the start, instead of four different offensive coordinators and systems in four years in Tennessee – could he have been a superstar? Hell yeah, he could have been. But, you know, that happens. But back to Christian Gonzalez. You know, just hearing him talk, I'm just – all I'm doing is saying, now you understand why some teams have a, had a question about whether he can be a number one cornerback in this league without sort of that swag. And people can say, well, Stephon Gilmore was, was soft-spoken. Yes, he was. But there was never any doubt that Stefan Gilmore didn't think didn't think he was the cock of the walk. Like he that guy had swag. And like he would say certain things. He was quiet and sometimes you couldn't hear him across the room. But he said he he said the right things and he exuded confidence. And let let's also remember this. Stefan Gilmore, on his first day of training camp practice, as a Patriot, after being signed, getting all that money while Malcolm Butler got stiffed, fought Julian Edelman off the field. Like, I mean, they went at it. Haymaker yeah. after haymaker. His first day, okay? So, like, you could say that about, or you could say the what about, you could do the what aboutism. I'm just telling you, I don't hate Christian Gonzalez. The kid looks like he looks amazing, you know, in shorts. He, he, I think he's going to be good. Would I have taken him there? Yes. I've said that 8 billion times. Would I still take him there? Yes. But you can see why there are concerns about his sort of quiet nature. Does that mean it's not roaring underneath? We don't know. And in fact, if I'm Bill Belichick, maybe I pay somebody to to get after Christian Gonzalez like maybe Julian Edelman did on that first day of training camp. See what the kid is made out of. See if he has that fight because – you know, I don't think he's shown it in his college career. Um, he hasn't shown it so far as the Patriots. Doesn't mean it's not there, but that is going to be – that's basically how he answers that question will determine whether he is truly a number one cornerback in this league or else he's just a really good number two, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that either. 
From the confidence standpoint, I get the idea of, oh, you got to have swag if you're going to be a CB1. Totally get that. From the physicality standpoint, I think that stuff is overblown, especially at that position. Look, if this guy can lock down people, it doesn't matter if he's screaming around the field and hurling his body into, into traffic and all. That's overblown. Let's see if he's sticky on coverage. If he's sticky on coverage and shuts down number one receivers, couldn't care less about you know swag and how much he talks or how loud he talks to the media. None of that will matter. None of us know until he's actually out there on the field. What I will say is, as a cover corner, the dude did show out last year in college. And the two things that they talked about him improving in, he did improve as a downhill tackler. Not incredible, but he did show some steps of progression and also plays on the ball. He showed progression there with, I think, what, four picks last season. So when this guy has had questions about him on the field, he has followed up and answered those questions. Right now, we have no reason to doubt that he will at the NFL level. We'll see. We'll see how all of this translates on the field. We'll see when he gets pads on. But I do think at that specific position, yes, confidence is a thing physicality, trying to be a tough guy, a lot less of a thing. If this was a linebacker, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, I think that's a better question. But for now, let's see what he looks like in pads. His talent is there. His athleticism is there. And couldn't care less if this dude was mute for his entire NFL career if he shuts receivers down. He's Greg. I'm Nick. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and new customers can get a a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Let's see if DeAndre Hopkins is a Patriot by the end of the week. I don't know. Greg doesn't know. Keeping fingers crossed. Let's also keep Trent Brown away from the buffet. Next time. We'll be talking more Patriots. Lots of stuff to talk about. Till then, be good, be safe, be healthy. Have a great weekend.